Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jill Pelkey. And if you want to hear more podcasts, you can check it out on soundcloud.com or on iTunes and search Jillian Pelkey Activate. We're going to pray and then get right into what the Lord has for us today in his word. So will you bow your heads with me? Jesus, I don't know anybody like you. You're far above any person. You're far above any counselor. You are far above everything. And God, today, we just want to be in your presence. Jesus, today, we just want to be with you and hear from you. And so, God, I pray that you would speak through me, that you would use my voice, God, that you would use your word to just change our lives, to help us to drink from a fresh a spring, which is you, to get all that we need to live life your way. God, we want to serve you and glorify you. Move in this next half hour, God, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, uh, I want to share about two different times in my life where I clearly remember feeling like the floor was gone feeling like everything, the bottom had dropped out, feeling like I was plummeting to certain ruin, that uh, this was all over, this was it, uh, everything is done for. And um, in those two times where I felt like life's really, it's just over, in those two different times, I've never felt closer to Jesus. Isn't that ironic? Isn't that like a a vast difference that in those two moments in my life, those two separate moments where I felt like it was all over, I'd never felt closer to Jesus than in those moments. And even through tears and an aching heart, it, it all gave way to confidence in a God who is faithful. One time was um, my senior year of Bible college when I found out that I was pregnant. I wasn't married and the story is now one of God's victory. The story is now one that's easy to share. uh, And I don't always cry when I share it anymore. But in that moment at 19 years old, when I found out I was pregnant and everything in my life was in an instant changed. The other big moment in my life was one when My husband had been accused of wrongdoing that he didn't do, and it was as if everybody watching the situation had turned their backs, and it was a very cold moment in our family and in our lives. Those two moments, um, the first one when I was pregnant, I remember, and I share this story often, I remember driving in my car, parking it at a park near our Bible college, and we had just gotten kicked out of Bible college. Rightfully so, we had uh, agreed to a certain standard and uh, of, of living while we were there, and we had definitely gone off that path, and I was pregnant, and um, I called out to God, and I remember out loud through alligator-sized tears coming down my face and gasping for air. I remember out loud saying, God, if I ever needed you, I need you right now. I mean, our world had completely turned uh, upside down. Everything was now different. And I remember the Lord answering me in those moments and saying, "Uh, I'm going to use even this. I remember being so mad at that, thinking, God, how could you use this? This is my most embarrassing moment. This is my most uh, worst public sin that everyone can see. This this is horrible. My life is ruined. My uh, 
life as a Christian is ruined, everything is ruined. And he said, I'm going to use even this. And uh, I saw the hand of the Lord in my life like never before in those next few months. I saw God working out things in my life like never before. And then with the other one, when I, when uh, my husband had gone through something and I felt like the entire world had gone dark. I felt like every comforter was not there. I felt like every person I ever looked up to or respected had quietly walked out of the room of my life. I felt like we were ruined. I remember coming into our house at the time and almost collapsing on the floor, just out of grief and just sorrow and not knowing who to talk to or where to turn or how many people were mad at us. And I remember the hand of God in that moment, a defining moment in my life. And I remember dropping to my knees and just crying out to a God who is faithful, that when everyone had turned their backs, and it wasn't until years later that we received official apologies (laughs) from people, but it was a desperate moment. It was a desperate season. But God was faithful. He was faithful when I sinned. He was faithful when others sinned. He was faithful. And in those two different situations, the attention of so many other people was on us, and yet we didn't even realize it. How could God work these things for his glory? Really, how could he work these things for his glory? We're going to look at James chapter 1, verse 4. It says this, Let your patience show itself perfectly in what you do. Then you will be perfect and complete. You will have everything that you need. And then in another version, it says, Let patience finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Another version says, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. The three words there is patience, perseverance, and steadfastness. And saying that when you let those things take hold and ruin your life, when you let those things have, have their way, then you'll be complete. Patience, perseverance, steadfastness. Patience, perseverance, steadfastness. This is in James chapter 1. And James chapter 1 starts off saying, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. It's nice that they include sisters in there um, on this evil thing right here. (laughs) Consider it pure joy, sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let your perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. When we face trials of many kinds, and we've heard a million and one sermons on that aspect of it, and I want to talk today about patience. I want to talk about perseverance and steadfastness. Perseverance, the very definition of perseverance. Hold on to this. Get this. If you're writing something down, write this down. Perseverance means steadfastness in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. 
steadfastness in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Let your steadfastness have its full effect. Patience till the end. And patience here is active. It's not passive. It's actively enduring. It's like patiently running a marathon. It's moving. Your patience is not a quiet thing. Your patience is active. Your patience is an active trust in a faithful God. Patience till the end, seeing it through. This verse talks about the testing of your faith. Now, if your faith is being tested, it means your faith is already there, that you already have faith. In the situation, situations in my life, when I got pregnant, I was a senior in Bible college. I already had faith, and now my faith in God would be tested. I sinned and fall, had fallen short of the glory of God, and there's no sin that's not common to man. And here I was, a common man. Here I was, full of sin, and my faith was being tested. Would I stay True to God, would I have steadfastness and endurance to the end, even in the midst of this this situation in my life that I had caused, that I had brought on myself, and in the other situation that had been brought upon us? Would we have steadfastness in that situation? The testing of our faith began in those days. The testing of our faith that was already there. Would I be faithful to God when everyone around me that I looked up to turned their back upon me? Would I have perseverance and steadfastness? The testing of your faith. Your faith is already there. There's divisions in our lives, uh, also known as seasons in our lives. And our seasons are marked with a start and a stop. They are not forever. Will your car be broken forever? No. Will your heart be broken forever? No. We live in light of eternity. The things that are broken here on earth will not be broken in heaven. Some of our our pain and our trials are temporary, and some will last this whole entire earthly life. But we live in light of eternity. My lifespan here on earth is but a hundred years if I'm lucky, but eternity is forever. I live in light of eternity. This life is a season. It has a beginning, May 28th, 1982, and it will have an end. And in this life, in this season, I will patiently endure to the end. I will have active patience and I will trust a God who is faithful in every part and situation of my life. No matter who turns against me, no matter how I sin towards God, I will run right back to him because I know that I know that my faith has been tested and and I know that God will forgive me my sins. He's faithful like that. He's just like that. He erases my sin as far as the east is to the west. And I will have patient endurance active endurance. I will finish this race. I will finish this marathon proving to myself and to those watching me that my God is faithful. We have to have correct thinking in dangerous situations. Correct thinking in dangerous situations. What do I mean by a dangerous situation? Well, it's anything that's a trial, anything that's a stress, anything that's hard in your life. In the midst of hardship, we have to have correct thinking. Don't these hard situations draw us to be still and know that He is God? Doesn't our darkest hour produce some of the closest hours with God? Romans 1, 8 uh, is reporting uh, the faith of the Romans. It says, your faith is being reported all over the world. 
Your faith is being reported all over the world. And for those who endure trials, those who walk faithfully to the end, who stay steadfast to the end, your faith will be reported all over the world. Maybe in the spiritual world, hey, do you see God's servant? Do you see what they're going through? And yet they are still steadfast in serving a faithful God. Maybe it's the murmur of angels saying, look at God's servant. Maybe it's the murmur of people saying, how could she still be serving Jesus? How is that pregnant, unmarried girl sitting in church? How is that pregnant, unmarrying girl waving her arms and worshiping her father? How dare she? Well, she has faithful, steadfast hope in a God who saves. How are these people who have been cast out still faithfully serving God in ministry? Well, because our God is faithful. I will remain. I will remain. You know, remain means that after people related to a situation or things related to it leave, something remains, right? So so to remain means other people are leaving, other things are leaving, but you stay. Remain in patient endurance. Remain in your faith in God. Be anchored in it. Remain I don't care who leaves. I don't care what changes. I will remain faithful to God. Your faith is being reported all over the world. So then trials come, and the trials point to that very faith. Because of the faith that's already planted, rooted, anchored, and alive in you, you can remain. I will continue, persist, carry on. Active endurance, active patience. And then my trial will bring glory to the God who shepherds me. And then my trial will bring glory to the God who shepherds me, who says he will work together all things for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And God took a a pregnant, unmarried uh, Bible school castaway and made her the executive director of a pregnancy care center, speaking life into women in the same situation she was in. That's me. I don't know why I'm talking about myself in the third person. And God will use a situation where where it seemingly that people had all turned our back on us to develop in us that grit that we need, that we will persist no matter what, because the call of God on my life is more important than the, the foolishness of man. Though none go with me, still I will follow. I will remain, even if people, even if things, it doesn't matter. The call of God is on my life. The call to be closer to him, the call to go after him, the giftings that he's given to me, I will not forsake, but I will use. There's two Paul stories that uh, really need mentioning when we're talking about grit and patient endurance and steadfastness. There's uh, this story found in Acts chapter 27, verses 24 through 26. Paul's on a boat, and uh, he's heading to Rome to be uh, put on trial. And here we, we're going to pick up in Acts 27, verse 21. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Verse 23, he says, Last night, the angel of God to whom I belong and whom I have stood, who, who I serve stood beside me. And he said, listen to this. Do not be afraid, Paul. 
You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, man, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Now, verse 26, here it is, verse 26, nevertheless, we must run around on some island. Did you catch that? (laughs) Nevertheless, we must run around on some island. In every version, it it basically says the same thing, but even still, we're going to be on an island for a while. The plan for Paul's life was clear as day. It was marked out like a roadmap. You're going to go stand trial before Caesar in Rome. Why is he on an island with these men? Why does God allow a shipwreck to happen and put him on an island? Some of us today are running around on an island. We know the blueprints for our lives. We know the end of the story. We know where God wants to take us. We know what God has promised. We know what our future holds. And yet here we are on what seems to be an island in our lives, running around doing what? This isn't even on the course of where I feel like I'm supposed to go. God, why would you let me be on this island with these people? Without food and there's storms and there's issues and, and, and in this particular account in the Bible, Paul gets bit by a snake and all this stuff happens, right? In your life, if you feel like you are on an island, if you feel like you are totally cast away without a boat to get off this island, do you ever feel like that in your life? God, why am I here? You have to have faithful patience, active patience. While you're on the island, knowing, just like Paul knew, he would get to, to Caesar, he would get to Rome. He knew he would get to Rome. But right now he's without a boat on an island. Maybe right now in your life you're on a, an island without a boat. Those two stories I shared, I felt in both those situations, the floor was gone. I was dropping down to ruin and I was on an island without a boat. Let your patience show itself perfectly in what you do on your island. Because you know that God is faithful. You know that God will work together all this for good. He's going to use even this season of your life. If you're on an island without a boat, be steadfast. Perseverance means steadfast in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. You may be like Paul on an island, but keep your eyes on the one that's faithful. There's another Paul story. Acts 26, 27 through 31. This is uh, when he's standing before King Agrippa before he's sent to this shipwreck that gets him on the island. This is coming a little bit before. And uh, Agrippa says to Paul, in a short time, you think to make me a Christian? And Paul said, whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, except for these chains. And so Paul was trying to convince the people that he was standing trial uh, that they should become Christians. And they think, you're going to make me a Christian in such a short time? No way. There's no way that you'll convince me to be a Christian. And Paul says, I want you to be just like me, except for these chains, but I want you to be just like me. Whether short or long, I want you to be just like me. 
He had active trust that even though he was in chains on trial, that he would witness to the faithfulness of his God. Oh, I get to show off Jesus in the end of this. Oh, I get to show off Jesus in the middle too. I get to show off Jesus in the start. I get to show off Jesus. When trials hit, we get to show off Jesus. There was no way that Paul would be before King Agrippa except if he was in chains. Sometimes the chains of your life give opportunity for you to talk about the glory of God. Sometimes the chains in your life put you in positions and with people. Sometimes the trials in your life position you to speak of the glory of God. Trust the God who shepherds you. Trust the God who shepherds you. That even this will bring God glory. Actively trust him. Have enduring patience. You get to show off Jesus in this. Sometimes at the beginning, the middle, or the end, but you get to show off Jesus as you patiently endure whatever chain that is wrapped around you or whatever island you might be running around on on the way to get to where God has planned for you to go. Whether short or long, God is faithful. The season that you're in in your life, this division of time that you're in, that's not the focal point. The focal point is your active patience. Let patience have its work in your life. The focal point is not, God, how long do I have to be in this? The focal point is, God is faithful even in this. Spurgeon, uh, the great theologian Spurgeon, says two different quotes that I want want to share with you. The first one is, the natural tendency of trouble is not to sanctify, but to induce sin. A man is very apt to become unbelieving under affliction. That is sin. He is apt to murmur against God under it. That is sin. He is apt to put forth his hand to some ill way of escaping from his difficulty, and that would be sin. Hence, we are taught to pray, lead us not into temptation, because trial has in itself a measure of temptation. And if we're not neutralized by abundant grace, it would bear us towards sin. You might want to rewind and listen to me say that again, because Spurgeon really, really hits it uh, on, on the head there. And then he says this, yet trials can prove a wonderful work of God in us. Trials can prove a wonderful work of God in us. I have looked back to times of trial with a kind of longing, not to have them return, but to feel the strength of God as I have felt it then, to feel the power of faith as I felt it then, to hang upon God's powerful arm as I hung upon it then, and to see God at work as I saw him then. The great theologian Spurgeon went through hard trials he says in those moments, he met with God. Correct thinking in a dangerous situation gives us courage to continue on the same path. Correct thinking in a dangerous situation gives us courage to continue on the same path marked out for us. A false train of thought would be something like this. Well, now I'll take the reins back for a little while. I'll help God out with this. Or let's move this along. Let let me work this out. In the midst of our trial, we think that God has forgotten us. We forget that God is faithful. But James reminds us to patiently endure. The Bible records that Enoch walked with God faithfully for 300 years. The Bible records that Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. He walked faithfully with God. Noah built a boat. Patiently enduring ridicule, steadfastly, despite difficulty or delay, 
He brought his family inside a a boat where the door closed. When they had never seen rain before, he patiently endured. We need a frame of mind that endures with active endurance. The opposite of patience in the virtues is anger. The opposite of patience. You know, when you look at the, the virtues versus the deadly sins, and uh, this is something that people have come up with that's not um, necessarily written, uh, quote-unquote, out for us. <laughs> but um, when you research what are the seven deadly sins and what are, what are the seven virtues, here's how it goes. Humility go- versus pride. So the opposite of humility would be pride. Kindness versus envy. Temperance versus gluttony, chastity versus lust, charity versus greed, diligence versus sloth, and patience versus anger. This is when we say, God, why? I want to answer that question for you. If today you're saying, God, why? God has an answer to your why. He has a reason for what you're going through. Do you trust him to faithfully shepherd your life? He has an answer. It is not for no reason. It is not just to make things hard for you. God has a why. You are walking through this for a reason. Are you angry or are you actively patient? In Acts, it talks about uh, Stephen and they're choosing, it says they chose a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Are you a woman or a man full of faith? Patiently enduring and trusting God? Are you full of faith in the Holy Spirit like Stephen? Or are you full of anger and bitterness for the situations that are coming at you? Those situations are coming at you so that you can learn to grow in God, so that your faith can be tested. Let patience run its course in you, that you can also be a man like Stephen, full of faith in the Holy Spirit. God is faithful, and he's proven it in your day-to-day. He wants to prove it in the situations in your life. God is faithful. Are you faithful? God is faithful, period. Are you faithful? Someday we want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. The servant who ran the marathon, who got to the end, who realized that life was just a season, who patiently endured, who had steadfastness despite uh, the difficulty or the delay. Well done, good and faithful servant enter into your rest. We want to be faithful. How do we get faith? Well, God gives us faith. Romans 10, 17 says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Romans 12, 3 says, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Hebrews 11 says, uh, faith is confidence in things we don't see. Our faith comes by hearing the word. Our faith comes as a gift from God. Our faith is confidence in things that we don't see, but we know who God is. We stand on truth, anchored in truth, like Enoch, 300 years serving God, like Noah, building a boat when it's never rained before. We stand in faith, and our faith does not change with our circumstances. Our faith doesn't change if 
we get a phone call we don't like. Our faith doesn't change when our relationships change. Our faith doesn't change with our finances. Our faith doesn't change with our children. Our faith is an anchor for our soul. God is faithful, period. No asterisk, no need to help him. He is God. Be bold in your obedience to that wisdom. God is who he says he is. He is faithful, period. Correct thinking brings courage in tough situations. Patient endurance says we're on an island, but we will not die here. God has more. Our eyes are on eternity. In the moment of our trials, we can't see how God could possibly ever use this situation. But in James, it says, let your patience show itself perfectly in what you do. Then you'll be perfect and complete. You'll have everything you need. If patience is a virtue, if it's one of the building blocks of our lives, if patience is so important, then we need to learn it. The only way to learn patience is to walk through situations and to remain faithful to God because he always remains faithful to us. Our trials and temptations give us this joy now. Oh, good. This somehow is going to point to Jesus. And now when, when I walk through a trial or when something hits me, I can say, God, I know you're going to use this. Even if I'm crying or disappointed or upset, I know that God can use it. And the testing of my faith in those early years and the testing of my faith again and again and again has completely proven that God is who he says he is and he has been faithful to me. He has been faithful to me and he'll be faithful to you and he has been faithful through every generations. You know, if you look uh, in the Bible and you search the word faith in, in the Old Testament, it keeps saying faithful, faithful, faithful. It's hard to find just the word faith by itself and faithful is talking about the faithfulness of God and the faithfulness of people to that God. Then when you get to Matthew, all of a sudden that faithful word switches over to faith. And, and the Lord says things uh, to people like this. He says, uh, Mark 5, 34, it says, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. According to your faith, let it be done to you. Or um, Matthew 15, 28, Woman, your great faith, you, your, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. Time and time again, the faith that's in someone, the God, the Jesus, the Holy Spirit that's in us produces a faith that helps us to persevere. Mark 5.34, I'm going to read it again. It says, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. That uh, verse in James says that we will be complete lacking nothing when patience has run its course in our lives. Complete lacking nothing. Now, holiness is only the Lord. God is holy. He says, be holy as I am holy. And that's a, a hard thing to obtain, right? To be holy like God is holy. But I think our holiness is our, our freedom, which, which comes when we have trusted in God that all of a sudden when, when we know who God is, when it has been tried in our lives, put on trial in our lives, well, if you really believe God, will you believe him when everyone turns their back on you? And when that's tried out in your life, when it's a yes, then you're free from the opinion of other people. When you fall into sin and it's horrible, the testing of my faith came when, will you still serve the Lord? 
And the answer was yes. And now I will serve the Lord. I don't care what happens to me. I will serve the Lord. No matter what sin I fall into, I know I can repent. I know I can come to God. And with repentance, I can change by his spirit and with his help. I know that uh, there's no sin that's not common to man. And I can't judge other people the way I used to judge people. Because I know I'm a sinner saved by grace. And I understand grace because God's forgiven me. And Mark 5.34 is an instance of actual physical healing, but he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. I think that verse just speaks over each one of us today, that in our faith, when our patience is tested and we've endured patience, we've endured trials, that faith, that steadfastness frees us from so many other things. And we can live a life of peace. Let perseverance finish its work so you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Let your patience show itself perfectly in what you do. Then you will be perfect and complete. You will have everything you need. Perseverance is steadfastness in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. When we've walked through these trials... time and time again, and we continue to point people to God and say, God is faithful. Then we're free. We are free to do more for the Lord. We are free to live a life uh, uh, free of all the things that could bind us up and, and swallow us up. Today, if you feel like you have chains, like Paul did, use it to testify about God. If you feel like you're on an island, even though you have another destination, but right now you're on an island without a boat, be like Paul and patiently endure, but have that that steadfast faith, that active faith, knowing that this is a marathon and you're going to keep going until the very end. And we need to live in the light of eternity, knowing that this is a season with a mark of a beginning and an end. God has a plan in this. Your why is answered that God has a why. He has a reason for today, for this month. He has a reason. Let's pray together. God, you are faithful. You are an anchor for our soul. You are a rock that does not move. God, I pray that we would stand with active patience, enduring to the very end, knowing that you are faithful. God, we love you. Help us today to keep our attention and our eyes on eternity and on you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen.